health is about more than just staying fit. And with every year that goes by, I'm becoming more and more fascinated by how what we eat can impact our health and our potential, with a particular focus on gut health and the gut microbiome. It's not just what I eat either, it's how I eat too. It's all connected. That's why I've developed my own number one living drinks brand. Number One Living is based on this idea, the simple notion that by putting our well-being first and improving the quality of what we put into our bodies, we get more out of life. My range of kombucha drinks are full of bacterial life cultures, designed for a happy and healthy gut. They're sugar-free, vegan and naturally sourced, so you can feel great on the inside and enjoy life on the outside. Choose from refreshing raspberry, passion fruit or our award-winning ginger and turmeric kombucha. The number one living range is widely available in Sainsbury's, Holland and Barrett's and Boots stores and online at numberoneliving.com. Grab yours today. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to the I Am podcast. On here, it's all about human potential. It's all about venturing into that space of life experience that just burns away our needs for anything more than just being alive. It's all about uncovering that relationship with ourselves that knowing sense of our true worth that translates to pure possibility and opportunity in everything we see and in every facet of our lives. Our guest on this Thursday's episode is Dr. Michael Gervais, a competitive surfer turned fully qualified psychologist and a deep researcher of what we're all capable of. He has an enormous amount to share and some fascinating insights to offer that in my opinion are going to resonate and hit home hard. He has his own very popular podcast too called Finding Mastery, so feel free to check that one out. But in his podcast and in this interview, I think he draws us in with his stories and his humor, and it's something that's so engaging, so much of it helpful too for whatever's coming up in all our lives. One thing he refers to a few times during our chat that I want to take a deeper shot at in this short Tuesday episode is this. If we fundamentally believe that what we do defines who we are, then every time we go do that thing, our entire identity is at stake. So therein lies the deep threat. So yes, it is threatening. If the fundamental identity is I'm an explorer, I'm a go-getter, I am somebody who figures things out, I'm a great teammate, I, I like like there's a different way of thinking about it rather than I am what I do. I am achievement, I am success, then the freedom on the other side is, oh, wait, all I need to do is bring what's available already inside of me. And if I can do that and not be the performance, but be the performer, it's great. Not be the achievement, but be the achiever, it's great. And so it's a fundamental difference between being and doing. And this is an ancient conversation where human beings not just the doers. And all of this threat mechanism that we're talking about is when we over-rotate to the doing part of us and we've under-rotated to the being. Good news is you can train being. You can train your thinking just like you can train your body or your technical skills. And that's what this beautiful science of psychology is really about. It's really interesting to me that as youngsters, we are so able to invest ourselves completely into everything we do so powerfully and effortlessly. We have this sort of built-in playfulness and an imagination so potent that it's 
easily enough to blur the lines of what's real and what's not, if there is such a thing. At that age, if we want to be a cowboy or an astronaut or a ballerina or a fairy or a dragon, whatever it is, we really become it. We live it. We don't pretend to be it. We enter into that world. But at the same time as we get slightly older, there also seems to be this inclination towards finding more of a permanent identity, a chance to become something special or a somebody to stand out according to society's um, way. So we give away this creative freedom in favour of a cultural truth. And in this structure, this new structure, our value now depends upon our achievements, how we compare in competition, how we fit in and our usefulness in the system. All of a sudden, our happiness and our fulfillment, it gets handed over to what other people think of us and how things turn out around us. And both of these are desperately unpredictable and prone to great change. So with other people and our circumstances deciding how we feel about ourselves, well then we close the door on any ideas we have of leadership, performance and relationships too. We even give away all our potential. Because if people and outcomes determine who and how we are on the inside, then how can we ever lead? We're always being led. We can wake up feeling fantastic, but if someone cuts us up on the motorway or says the wrong thing on the way into work, well then we end up treating everyone we meet through our frustration. We can become so inconsistent, so up and down, so blown around by the winds of change that We're bound to breed distrust and anxiety in everyone and everything around us. How we feel on the inside, I think, inspires how we think and act. Therefore, it completely looks after our performance. So when people and things decide our internal environment, well then our performance, it no longer belongs to us. Finally, If what people think and feel about us decides our happiness, our fulfillment, our sense of worth, then of course we're going to use others and manipulate them in our relationships. We're going to find ways of trying to get them to think and feel the way we need them to. So what good is it connecting to them or loving them unconditionally when this doesn't help us? Why would we patiently listen when we can coerce people instead into being just how we want them to for our own good. And this also means there's always going to be more important people with more influential opinions that we need to get to and a huge amount of others we're going to step over in order to do so. When we become identified with the world around us, the world outside, and dependent upon it for our happiness or for who we are, then... We're in for a a tough journey, a life of suffering, anxiety, anger, regret, resentment, depression, and basically survival. And all of this attempting to control the uncontrollable, it's just never-ending stress. Even when we manage to find the ideal circumstances, they just change immediately, as is the nature of all things. And when our identity becomes fixed, when who we are becomes fixed, well then we go up against the ever-changing universe.
Now that is about as big a one-sided battle as you're ever going to see. There's only one winner. So what we gather in our lives, our power, accolades, respect, recognition, the roles, the duties, the, the position, whatever it may be, whatever we acquire, we may be able to say that it is ours, but we can never say it's us. We can never say that's who we are. Our identities in this way and all our personal stories, they're just like shirts that we wear. But when we get too used to wearing them for too long or when we buy into them too deeply, when we cease seeking for more of who we are, challenging ourselves and our ideas, losing our curiosity and humility, well, then we forget that we can take these shirts off. We forget that we should be taking them off as soon as they've served their purpose. We forget that these shirts, these identities and these stories are just momentary, transient and impermanent roles we're playing. And the shirt starts to wear us instead. When we identify who we are, entangle and confuse it with what we do, well then now we have to protect it. Otherwise, it's the end of everything. Without it, we really deeply believe we're nothing. And sure, in a very small spectrum of environments, in a very small grouping of people and of situations, the shirt we're wearing right now, this fixed shirt, it can fit like the fact that a stopped clock can be right twice a day. It will happen. So for me, someone that identified as a as a, a warrior-style rugby player, as a saviour, as a, uh, someone that had to be the best and all this kind of thing, then... Sure enough, on the rugby field, selected in the right team, with people in the stands shouting the right stuff, then maybe I was able to express my being. Maybe I was able to lose myself very briefly and feel worthy for a moment or two. But blimey, in every other moment, and there's a lot of them, I ended up so absent, just surviving and getting through in the hope of meeting another one of those glimpses trying to ensure the safe passage of my idea of who I was and my shirt, just so I could remain who I am. So much of life goes by this way, making so little of the now. I found myself in this way, turning my nose up at whatever was my present moment and all the people filling it, waiting, hoping, praying for a, a better moment in the future demanding that everything and everyone around me change and be different for my benefit or trying to force them to do so. Whatever the case, I certainly had every possible justification for why I wasn't able to feel the way I wanted to in those situations. It was always someone or something else's fault. It was always a story about how it was so difficult for me and it was always such a challenge and this was my reality. Never once did I go inside and explore my responsibility within it. As we've been uncovering in this series already, what's going on inside us plays a monumental role in our worlds and life experience that are taking place, I guess, on the outside. We are discovering that for manifesting those magical happenings, the universe is crying out for our creative input. It wants our being, our full engagement, our honesty, our presence. 
It wants the true us. It isn't asking for our despotic controlling demands. This just doesn't work. The transcendental experiences that we live for, they all come from us bringing our authentic being. We don't do in the moment. We don't do love. We don't do gratitude, peaceful oneness or joy. We don't do presence. We don't do who we are. We be all of these things. And if we are them, then we've always been them. All of this potential to fully connect has been within us forever, just waiting to be tapped into. Because these things, this being, we can't earn. Doing does not lead to being. Just ask anyone who's retired, just ask anyone who gets to the end of the day, who achieves what it is that they want. It doesn't lead to being. Our being, though, definitely inspires our doing. Because in states of worthiness, gratitude, love and joy, we naturally inspire, include, unite, flow and express and engage in such an effortless and beautiful way. So to uncover what it is that we truly are, to get to a deeper sense of this I am, we need to remove the shirt that represents what comes after the I am. And in doing so, we lay ourselves bare. The shirt is the I am a rugby player. I am a good person. I am a success. I am a failure. Whatever it is, this shirt and that story, once it's off, we move closer to our potential, but it feels vulnerable when we've put so much into that shirt. Without it, we are going to feel very, very naked and fragile. And Dr. Gervais talks a lot about this. It's definitely not about adding another shirt on top. This moves us away from our potential. But what does it mean to take that shirt off then? How do we do it? For me, taking that shirt off is an absolute acceptance of this moment as it is. Because in this state, there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. There's no one we need to become. Through absolute acceptance, everything simply is okay. And as a result, there's no need for an identity. What kind of story can you have when everything is just okay? Identities are built upon goals, ambitions, looking after yourself, saving yourself, becoming bigger, moving towards becoming more of a success, moving towards being happier or less unhappy, whatever it be. But when everything simply is as it is, all the ideas, the formulas, the beliefs and conclusions that make up that story and shirt, they're rendered completely irrelevant. For a very brief time, we can see that we become a no one and a no thing. We become humbled. But here, rather than find annihilation, we reveal instead there is a power there that, and a choice that we can now start to explore whatever we want to be and connect to everyone and everything through this humility. We become childlike again, responsive, passionate, spontaneous and creative. Through complete, absolute acceptance, we find our ability to respond. Through complete acceptance, we find responsibility for who we are. And another way to begin to remove the shirt is to look into things like meditation. For example, to close our eyes in silence. When we're well fed and hydrated in a comfortable dark room, 
surely we can afford just a couple of minutes to ourselves. When there's nothing to be done, no one to communicate with, then we don't need our identity. So then surely we can just enjoy some stillness, some emptiness. But instead, as soon as we do close our eyes, don't we find that we just start flying off in our to-do list or looking back over things we've done and questioning what it all means, all in the name of protecting our future self. It's that shirt talking to us. But when we can sit there and simply become aware of this automatic, habitual, compulsive and cyclical pattern of thinking and feeling that takes place within us, when we can dissociate ourselves and remove our identity from it, we put distance between us and it, who we are and who we think we are. And with that distance, with that space, it is the loosening of the shirt. Constant practice in this way is an amazingly powerful thing. Meditation is also not something we do. It's something we are. It's a state of being. We're naturally evolving and expanding beings. So whatever shirt we find ourselves in, whatever fixed ideas, stories or opinions, it'll always become too small for us eventually. It will always start to restrict and hold us back. It will always become too tight. When we feel this resistance, this stress, this pressure, it's such a big opportunity to shed our outdated conclusions and limits Or we can just blame it on something else and keep it all. Imagine wearing the same shirt for 20, 30, 50, 80 years. Imagine the state of it and the smell. Imagine that kind of story telling you how your life has to be. Now this process of taking the shirt off and exploring new opportunities, who we need to be, it's a lifelong one. This relationship between challenge and between growth, it's ever-present because we need an identity to function in society. But we also do not stop growing and evolving. Life will not let us, no matter how hard we insist or try. Taking off our shirts, as often as we can, metaphorically speaking, of course, is where we do all the growing in our absolute relaxation in our deep sleep at night and in our moments of absolute peace and relaxation, in our experiences of vulnerability, in challenge, in humiliation and in the angst is where the opportunity lies to relax. The beauty of this is that when we start recognizing that we can keep tuning into this space of our true selves whenever we want, we can keep dipping into this healing energy, pressing the reset button, finding clarity, grounding ourselves, connecting to that infinite store of self-love and compassion, we can really refuel before we go again. And when we do go again, we can play with our role, just like we did as children. We can dive fully in, knowing that it's not a permanent thing, that we create it and we can create again. And the process of creativity That's our absolute strength. What we create is not really that important, but the creating capacity is all we are. The curiosity comes back, as does our youth and our freedom to express ourselves. And now 
we can choose to be far more of who and how we want to be in order to do what we need to do the way we want to do it. We fully engage and connect with where we are right now, with the people in that moment, all in the name of consciously creating the type of world that we wish to live in. Now this is performance, these are the relationships, and this is leadership that I think truly has the power to do something and transform. I hope you really enjoy the interview with Dr. Michael Gervais, clearly a very smart and exciting kind of guy who's making incredible waves in what he's doing. Uh, for me, it was it was fascinating listening and good fun too. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. Please keep your thoughts coming in, letting us know what's happening, what's coming up in you. It's fascinating to hear your stories and your own transformations. Until next week, please enjoy yourself, look after yourself. Can't wait to uh, carry on this journey. My name is Johnny Wilkinson. This is the I Am Podcast with Dr. Michael Gervais.